Fools over hard races. That's absolutely right. And a big turnout here from all corners of the Outer Rim territories. I see the contestants are making their way out onto the starting grid. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is episode number 316. Hello there. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the foe to my bead, we have Carl LeClaire. Hi, buddy. Hi, Carl. Oh, my goodness. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're so excited you're here. Um, yes. Obviously, sad news. Um, I realize probably not all of you follow us on Twitter, but um, sadly, Katie has come down with quite the cold, so she's not able to join us for the episode this evening. So we want to really wait and uh, do the top five Empire Strikes Back episode next week because Katie really wanted to talk Empire, and I really want Katie's take on Empire and her and her favorite moments. So we are post post we are postponing that episode until next week. Um, Until Katie is back. So this week, Jason and I are just going to talk some just some fun, random stuff. There's there's a little topic that um, I didn't get to bring up a couple weeks ago. Um, We've got some celebration stuff we want to share. Reminiscing a little bit on on our Star Wars trip, which was six months ago, just yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. we're just going to talk some random Star Wars stuff um, and and, and have a good time doing that. Um, But uh, yeah. And uh, what else was I going to say? I think. Yeah, I think that's how we're gonna we're gonna start this one off. So, yeah, um, I I I was so bummed when Katie messaged us today. I mean, obviously, I feel bad that she's sick, but I was so revved up to do Empire tonight. Um, I know, I know you were. I saw the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was bummed when she's like, "Yeah, guys, I'm real sick. I can't make it." But go ahead and do it without us, without me. And it's like, hell no, we're not doing this without you. I was I was thinking we're not gonna do Empire without Katie. She's like the primary reason why we're doing this one first. Right. She picked it over Revenge of the Sith, which is saying something. Right. Um. So, but uh, yeah. So definitely, we'll be back doing doing that great topic uh, next week. But don't worry, because we got we got some fun stuff to to talk about. Um. But the first thing I just want to give a quick uh, uh, reminder about is obviously iTunes reviews. Um. Again, it's it's been a little bit. Um. It's been a little over a month since we've gotten an iTunes review. Um. Which is obviously fine, but it just really helps the show. Helps make us more visible to other listeners. So if you like the show. Um, you've been listening for a little while and you enjoy it and you haven't had a chance to write a review on iTunes. Um, we'd really, really appreciate it. And of course we, we read all of those, um, those names, uh, on, on air, um, out of appreciation. So if you get a minute, yes. um, of course we'd, we'd really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Um, yes. And, and if you uh, are so kind, we would also appreciate it if you would share us with your friends on Twitter. And other Facebooks and social medias and things like that, you know, uh, let people know that we're out there because while it's awesome to be high up on the iTunes store, uh, word of mouth is uh, honestly 
the best publicity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I want to give again a quick shout out at the beginning of the, the episode to remind folks um, uh, if you're interested in supporting Rancho Obi-Wan, um, I'm, I'm trying to trying to put in the work of getting uh, to be a certified recruiter <laughs> um, and, um, you know, for, for Rancho. So uh, I've, I've signed up as a lifelong member recently. So if, if that's something you're interested in doing or you want more information about Rancho Obi-Wan and how you can support them as well, definitely just send us an email at wampuslerpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I'll follow up with you about how you can go about doing that. And a shout out of thanks to Alicia who, who sent us an email just a few days ago about um, inquiring about becoming a Rancho supporter. So um, Alicia, thanks for your email. Yes. And I think that's a great segue to uh, reflect back on a few things, Carl. Um, one, you know, as of yesterday, as of the time of this recording, we hit six months from our excursion into the wonder that is Rancho Obi-Wan. That is a wonderful place. It is a magical place. It's better than Disney. There I said it. I don't care. Um, it's at least on par with Disney. I'm a big fan of Disney, <laughs> so it's fair. very hard different for me experience. to – Totally different experiences too, right? Very, very um, but yeah, I mean, well, like if you are, I mean, if you are someone who enjoys even in a casual way, like a museum about something you're interested in, that's really what Rancho is. I mean, Rancho is really the only Star Wars museum in the world that I'm aware of. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like, yes, you've got the Lucasfilm headquarters, which has like a neat little reception room that obviously you can you can hit up. Um, but there's nothing quite like Rancho, again, that I'm aware of in, in the world. I, I know there's a lot of other private collectors who have huge collections that I'm sure, like, are happy to share and show that to, to others. But um, as far as I know, Rancho is the only, like, designated nonprofit Star Wars museum. Um, and while it is, prim, you know, primarily uh, a collector's museum, you get such a great sense of the history of Star Wars. And that was... The coolest thing, I mean, the, that very first, uh, and again, I don't want to give away too much in case you, you plan to go on the tour someday, but like the very first part of the tour, it really is um, them breaking down like kind of the early history of Star Wars and how really the marketing campaign and the toys especially really yeah. sold Star Wars in a way that had never been done before. Yeah. Now, you, you walk in and he starts with the original teaser poster. You, you you start with that the original teaser poster from 1976, um, and then it just kind of goes from there, and it's just a a fascinating experience, and and you know you always feel like you have to go back because they they change things out every couple months, and probably about fifteen to twenty percent of his collection is what's on display in the museum. There is so much more that is not seen. So, and he's always getting more stuff. Um, so it's one of those amazing things that you could go repeatedly and never see the, and never have the same experience twice. Yeah. So I, ugh. and I still remember that that moment where uh, we we walked out of the library area and they had the you know. That hold on, here it comes moment when they open the door to the main hall for the first time. And it's just like shelves and rows of toys and displays and yeah. everything. And oh, it was amazing. So it was yeah. so cool. Um, 
Yeah, and and just the way in which they go about bringing you into that main room. It's very theatrical. Um, yes. So, right, like they do make it a, a really cool experience. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to go back. And I remember, you know, obviously one of the cool things is, is like you could, I mean, you really could be like a an annual visitor of Rancho Obi-Wan. Again, if like you have the means to do that or if you live close enough where you could even, you know, make a trip out once a year. Um, Steve Sansweet's very upfront about the fact that, um, you know, about every few months he makes changes. Um, you know, he, he swaps things out because he's got like basically a small storage house outside of Rancho still full of stuff. Like, I think he said, is it like a 10th of his collection is actually in Rancho? It's about 15 to 20%. Okay. Is, is actually in Rancho. And some of that is like still hidden behind shelves that's not on display. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, there's only so much stuff you can even put to the front. And I mean, obviously, there are a few things that are obviously always going to be on display. Um, yes. Because they're part of the story of Star Wars, I guess you could say. Um, but yeah, and his I mean, most prized possession of being one of those. Do you remember what that was? I sure do. um and i mean i looked at it and i'm just like yeah whatever but like i get why it's so important to him right and and, but like that's for those of you who are are wondering it's the it's the banner from uh san diego comic-con in 1976 where they first started the marketing for star wars right so and it's something that was hand painted by ralph mcquarrie yes um and steve has the original um and again it's it's cool but um you know, and, and, and like that was I still think one of my favorite things um, about that visit is when Steve does, you know, come in at the end and he, he takes any questions you have. And he's obviously like the kindest guy. Um, yeah, he's just so he's just so incredibly sweet. <laughs> um, and hence, um, hence the name. I know. Sand sweet. <laughs> I know. It. And I remember when I asked him, you know, like, you know, what is your suggestion to folks that have, you know, the, the ability to, to either have their own personal Star Wars room or just even like a small space in their own home where they can display Star Wars stuff? What is your suggestion on how to d- display things? And I remember he said, he's like, well, he goes, tell a story, you know, put out something that like means a lot to you in the moment. Or maybe you want to put up the things that were really important to you as a kid when you first got into Star Wars. He's like, tell a story with whatever you display in your collection. Um, now, I mean, I definitely have a big enough collection that I could actually fill another room besides my actual Star Wars room. Um, but it, it'd be, it'd be stretching. Like I don't, I mean, I'm not a Star Wars collector. I've never considered myself a Star Wars collector. Right. Um, I would, I would venture a guess to say that probably any sort of like very intentional Star Wars fan, like anybody like you and I, or probably most of you who listen to the show, like we're all big Star Wars fans. So I'm sure we all have stuff. Like we all got our Star Wars stuff. And, and, and right. I'm sure that that stockpile, you know, is certainly um, varies based on each of us. Uh, but, you know, it's such an incredible part of Star Wars fandom to be able to, to display those things, to surround yourself in a space that is just defined by what you love. Um, and, and I remember like, you know, that I was bumming hard knowing that, you know, our trip was coming to an end, but the one thing that like gave me some solace in the fact that our trip was coming to an end was like, well, I can't wait to go home and redo my star Wars room. Right. Like I want to tell right. a story with my collection and, um, and now I've got that story displayed and I'm, and I, I'm really proud of, of what it is. Um, so, which by the way, I should at some point like have a friend or something like just videotape me and like 
to share on our social media of just my Star Wars room. Again, it's nothing. I'm sure lots of you listening have a far better Star Wars collection or Star Wars room than I do, but just for the heck of it. And, and, and that's something I'd honestly like. I would love that. Like if you're listening and if you have a Star Wars room, a Star Wars collection, a Star Wars display case, I'd love it if you shared a, a picture or a video or anything like seriously, feel free to share that on our social media and um, or even email it to us and we can share it for you if you don't do social media and you're okay with that. Um, I, I'm just always so fascinated to see what people's Star Wars stories are really, right? Like our, yeah. what we display, what we choose to you know, put out there really says a lot about this, like our own individual Star Wars story. Right. It, it is. It is fascinating. And, and uh, man, a lot of my stuff that's out right now is just stuff I've gotten recently because I don't have anywhere else to put it. Um, <laughs> so at some point, I'd love to be, to be able to totally redo all of my Star Wars stuff and create some sort of a story. Um, dioramas are always something I've been fascinated by and interested mm. in. Um, and and I've sort of done my own makeshift, very blase, basic, you know, Genosis Arena kind of diorama before, uh, in a sense, because I've got like, I'm pretty sure I have all the Jedi action figures that have been released from Episode Two. <laughs> <laughs> from Attack of the Clones, like throughout the years, I'm pretty sure I have all of them at this point now. Um, I need more battle droids in order to compensate uh, because I'm pretty sure I have at least three to one Jedi to battle droids, which doesn't look so good. Um, You're impossibly in a, outnumbered, right? Exactly. I don't think Except so. It's the wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. way. <laughs> exactly. I don't think so. That's not true in my collection. Um, so I need more battle droids um, and super battle droids and droid decas. Um, Where are those up, droid decas? <laughs> sir, they've gone up the ventilation shaft. Um, They're no match for droid decas. Right. <laughs> Rune Haiko, such a smug muffin. Why do they call him a muffin? Yeah, I don't know. He wouldn't be very tasty as a muffin. No, he wouldn't. It would, that would be a rotten muffin. That yeah. would be nasty. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yes, no, I oh, – it's such a fascinating thing, and I'm really curious to see what he brings to Celebration this year. Yeah, um, because it's always a theme right. that he brings. Um, I know last Celebration it was uh, the Star themed Wars around what? It was the Star Wars bedroom. Remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. But he also brought a bunch of things to Celebration that were handmade by fans that oh. fans would make and send in and things like that. So it was like, uh, or maybe that was the year before, maybe that was the celebration before I, feel I like, could be, yeah. I could be confusing. Um, I know last, the last celebration was the star Wars room. And I think that was it. Okay. And I remember the lines were crazy long. Cause I did not get into it. Um, right. But we did get to see it when we were at Rancho. Yes. We didn't see the bedroom, um, uh, but again, which was pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Advantage of being a member, I'll be able to skip the lines. I mean, there's probably lots of members, so but right, I have true. a feeling like those people will get to go in like kind of first each day type of a thing would be my my guess about how that will work yeah. logistically. Or, or yeah, there's a or there's a uh, members entrance, and I would assume the member would be able to bring their party in with them, you know, up to a certain amount of people. Um, yeah, I'm not so, sure. I don't know. Find out. Yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> But I know that, like, um, oh, what was I just going to say? I don't know. I forgot. <laughs> Whatever. 
but that trip was uh, very impactful for more than just for us for more than just going to Rancho Obi Wan. Uh, this was the trip where you and I got to meet the wonderful Katie Horn in person. Yes, and uh, made the decision to ask her to join the podcast. So yeah, yeah. After she spit on us, she said, "I guess so." Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can like, say that because she's not here. I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's like, "You guys have to, uh, you have to declare your love for Raylo." And we're like, "Whatever, Katie, just be on the show." Um, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, and it was originally yeah. going to be like once or twice a month. Yeah. That that just didn't work because she's so damn fun. Right. So, that lasted about a week. Right. Um. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, if you listen, you and, and obviously there's been such tremendously positive feedback ever since we even just started occasionally having her on. Um, right. And people love to listen to her and right. uh, both of us included. She's got such a great mind for Star Wars. Um, yeah. And I love again. It's so different from mine and it's so different from yours. And each of us are very different from one another. I mean, you really are in this show, like the PT guru. Um, I mean, I'm really partial to the OT and, and Katie's really a, a whiz at the, the sequels. Um, and it's not to say that we don't all love the other eras and are confident within those eras, but it just worked out so perfectly. Um, right. I mean, you and I both have really enjoyed the sequel movies, but Katie enjoys them in a way that I don't. She appreciates them in a way that I don't. And it's, and and so I love having her voice. I think yes. it's really important because as Star Wars continues to grow um, and it's going to like, it's great to have somebody who's got a mind for what it's growing into already. Um, and, right. and I love that she balances out that conversation. So, so expertly. Yeah. And, and she's she probably crying right we now. Disagree, you know? So, yeah, exactly. So. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's great. I love this. I really do love this because we are the, – the central core of each of our fandoms is identical in the fact that we just love Star Wars. Yeah. And Star Wars is very important to us um, and we just want everyone to experience that kind of – experience Star Wars on the level that we do. Yeah. That's kind of our drive. Now, when you start getting outside of that core – we go different directions, which is the awesome thing because we bring that all back to the middle and we get to talk about it and hash things out and have discussions, have an hour-long Raylo discussion that she brings up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I was like, all right, everybody pick something to talk about. I was like, oh, I know where this is going to go. <laughs> well, with her I did. I, I had no idea what you were going to bring up. Right. Um, I didn't either until that day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I had a couple of things. But yeah, no, we – and it it was one of the – more interesting discussions about the sequels that I'd had in a while. So it was like, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's so good to have the different ideas and the different points of view, especially when the, the fandom tends to want to divide itself on these lines more than come together, um, at least on social media. So like, the fact that we get to come together and hash things out in a respectful, fun way is terrific. And I, I hope people learn from that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so. um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's been tremendous since she's been a part. Um, but, you know, something else I wanted to just say about that, that trip to San Francisco though, is 
God, I've just like I've never been in such a pure Star Wars place in all my life. Um, and there was still something distinctly different than a celebration. I mean, celebration is incredible. Um, I didn't think that you could have a better Star Wars experience than going to celebration. Um, until we went to, like, till we did like Lucasfilm and we did the, you know, like the, the Redwood forest and Rancho mm-hmm. and, and all those things. And just, just that part of the Bay area that really inspired George, um, just inspired his imagination and not, not even in like specific ways. Right. It's not like, Oh, he looked at this and thought, Oh, that's like a death star. Or he looked at this and he's like, that's an X-wing, <laughs> you know? Um, right. but just like, right. just being in that space that, you know, just kind of sparked his own imagination. I just felt like such a kinship with where Star Wars came from. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like it, for me personally, like it, it was, I mean, literally we were calling it our Star Wars pilgrimage. It was it, that, yes. that language for me was, and I think for you as well, was it was intentional in the sense of this was like a religious pilgrimage. It was going to those sacred lands where, where this stuff was, was created. And I think that just like seeps into into your like I don't know like the the marrow of your bones and you know I mean obviously there's a lot of Star Wars uh, uh, podcast hosts out there that I've I've listened to like like oh yeah I've been to Lucasfilm a dozen times like behind the scenes and like there's some people where it's like man that must be so nice but sometimes the way they talk about it I'm like it's almost become mundane to them and like that makes me sad for it and and this is not me like right. judging them and there's probably a little bit of jealousy tinged here not going to lie um but uh, <laughs> you know like it was just and and again like if if you have the opportunity and again we you and I were both very privileged to have the opportunity to do this i mean not everybody can just take take a few days and fly to san francisco right like whether it's financial reasons or just life reasons you know and we were very privileged to be able to do that so and 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 i recognize that first and foremost um, but you know, again, if you just have, if you do get the opportunity, I couldn't stress it more that like, if, if, even if you had to say to yourself, like, gee, should I go like do Lucasfilm and all that stuff in San Francisco or do a celebration? I can only do one. I would honestly say do San Francisco. Um, but it depend- I, but I, I think it, it, depends it depends on what you're looking for, you know? Yeah. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for the community, yes. you got to go to celebration, right? Uh, if you're looking for sort of a a deeper dive into Star Wars itself and where it's come, where it came from, you take the trip to San Francisco and Northern California. Um, but yeah, it, it all depends on what you're looking for. Sure. Um, so, yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Um, but yeah, and and um, something I've been really enjoying right now is I've been reading through um, th- this book, Star Wars Icons, Han Solo. And um, it, it, oh, it, it recently came out. Um, I think it was it was published just, just about a month ago. Um, and I'm almost done with it. And it's it's literally the best book I've ever bought um, because I'm such a huge Han Solo fan. And it really <laughs> just charts like the creation of Han Solo as a character back from the earliest drafts of you know George's screenplay. And it, the last chapter covers the making and and story of solo a star wars story um nice and i just the, the chapter that honestly stood out the most to me so far was the whole chapter where it explored han solo's character development through the legends canon through the old eu canon oh, okay um, and some of like the really silly stories so like for instance i'll, I'll give a quick example that really took with uh, I don't if if you if you all remember the the novel Courtship of Princess Leia, which I think came out in like ninety five or ninety six. It's the novel where Han and Leia finally get married, 
But the novel's very bizarre. Like Han basically drugs and kidnaps Leia because she's considering marrying this guy, Prince Isolder. Prince Isolder. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, Is Isolder maybe? Isolder, yeah. I don't remember. But you know, so he's the he's the the Prince of Hapes, the right. Hapes cluster. Yes, the Hapes consortium. Um, yes. So yes. they're considering marrying one another to to create a stronger bond between the you know. It's still a relatively new alliance and, you know, yes. this, this powerful hapes consortium. So Han kidnaps Leia and takes her to Dathomir, which he, by the way, owns. Again, this is in the novel. He owns Dathomir. He won it in a Sabacc game. Um, you know, there's still- I had forgotten that detail. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bizarre. And, and there's the Night Sisters. That's the first time they're ever mentioned. They're not what we obviously end up getting in Clone Wars, but they ride Rancors. Um, and they do do, like, weird magic. Um, but, like, while they're, like, Han's, like thing to her is obviously she's very pissed that he does it but he's like i can you like i guarantee you after this trip you're gonna fall in love with me and decide you'll want to marry me and obviously inevitably that's what happens and you know their love is um but it's it's a very bizarre storyline well the author of that book dave wolverton is, is so they have like a little quote from him in this star wars icons book and he says well essentially he goes the reason i wrote this this novel which with, with this very bizarre storyline is he said to me, Han Solo is a great character to have fun with in the sense of like, what would Han do if he got stressed out and he didn't know what to do? And that's really what the story is about is like, he's really <laughs> anxious about what's going to happen. Is he going to lose Leia? And he does something completely out of line. Like, he's not like saying that this was a good thing that he did. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was just really interesting to like read that take is like, okay, here's even what where this story came from. And, you know, like, these are my favorite things about Star Wars to read now. Like the as great as some of these new novels have been, like I don't know why. Like the novels don't like they rarely get me really excited anymore. Um, and that's not a that's not a condemnation of any of them. Um, I mean, I really liked Ahsoka. I really liked Lords of the Sith. But besides the two of them, there's really been nothing in a while that's excited me. Um, and uh, you know. But I love reading these books about like the creation of Star Wars. Um, and again, like if this is, yeah. is something you're interested in, I can't recommend enough the the book by Chris Taylor, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. Um, it is the best Star Wars book I've ever read. Um, and I've read it twice now. And it's just phenomenal because I love I love learning about what inspired Star Wars and where it came from. And actually Something really neat. My, so my friend Greg has been reading through this uh, Star Wars Archives book that recently came out. This thing is crazy expensive. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, um, Greg's been like Greg's biggest passion is books <laughs> besides Star Wars. It's books like he, he loves to read and um, he's, he's constantly reading. So it made sense that he got it. And, and I love it because he'll send me screen captures from it all the time. And he sent me a really, really cool one from the early notes that George Lucas sent to Lee Brackett, who was the original screenplay writer for Empire Strikes Back, where George gives her just like a brief notation on what the force is supposed to be and how it's supposed to be developed in Empire Strikes uh-huh. Back. And he references these things known as the cast Castian or cast crap in a hat. The book is right behind me, but it's out of reach and I can't grab it. But it's like the Castian saga or something like that. And I was like, so I, I texted Greg back and I'm like, do you know these books? He's like, no, I've never heard of them. So, you know, I hopped online and, and looked up what these books are and I just grabbed, it's a trilogy of books um, written by uh, anthropologists and sociologists from the 1960s and 70s. I grabbed the first book 
And it's a guy's spiritual journey using hallucinogenic drugs, which is like oh. wild because George Lucas is like as straight laced as they come. And uh, but the, I've only I've only read the first two chapters. It's a I'm loving it. It's like it's a really cool novel. Um, but there's literally like the very first scene in the book is literally something that plays out in Yoda's hut in Empire Strikes Back, which is basically so the story is basically this guy wants to learn how to explore the like mystical dream world. Um, and, he, and he's asking this Native American to help teach him. But the, 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 the teacher is reluctant at first because he basically says to the, to the apprentice, well, you don't know what's in your heart. You don't have the right reasons for doing this. It's literally like what plays out between Luke and Yoda in that hut. It's like, why do you want to do this? And ultimately, Yoda realizes that still what's driving Luke is revenge. And right. he's got too much anger in him, right? So it's just like, whoa. Like George was looking at these kind of like this mystical story as what was going to inform. And I just I had never even heard of these books um, until Greg just sent me this thing from this archives collection. And wow. And it's just it's so fun to like these are clearly books George read and they stuck with him. Um, and so yeah, this is I realize I've just gone on a really long tangent and I apologize. But uh, <laughs> like this is the stuff in Star Wars that like just I love reading about these things. Um, I've always been a history nerd. Like even when I was a kid, I loved history just in general. So yes. I love learning about the history of Star Wars. Um, so like these are the things like the, I'm bummed that I'm almost done with the, the Han Solo book that I've been reading. It's so amazing. But. You know, it's it's the title is Star Wars Icons colon Han Solo. So I'm really hoping that they continue to do this as like a line. Like I'd love one on Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, Luke Skywalker and, you know, Princess Leia, like where they just chart the history of these characters and how they've been presented throughout all the different medias of Star Wars. And that's the cool thing. Like even the old Legends canon, they're not like saying this stuff was stupid and we don't. It's just like, here's what it was. Here's how Han was developed there. And actually what they're ultimately doing is showing the consistency of Han's character, regardless of whether those stories are canon or not. It's like, yeah, it's exploring this side of Han's character that was presented in the films or and it's just it's just fascinating to see how all these now different creators see a character and flush him out. Right. They give them different stories and different scenarios where they're still faithful to that character, but tell us something new, you know? That's awesome. Like l legitimately, I that's fascinating to me. I I want to steal your book now. Um, <laughs> I will. Um, it's huge. I will see if I can fit it into my bag so I can bring it to you to borrow when we go to celebration because it's great. I mean, how I should just ship the damn thing. It's probably only like ten bucks to ship, but uh, yeah, I mean, you would love it. And, and what's also so cool, too, is like there's all these little like fold out posters in it and like oh, old ticket nice. stubs and just like they have like these really cool like screen printings of like old Ralph McQuarrie drawings. Obviously, they're not originals, but they're copies, but they just look so cool. Um, it is a treasure trove, to say the least. Nice. <laughs> it's incredible. That would be really cool to, to look into and to, to explore. So, yeah, sweet. Now, real quick, since we're on the topic of Han Solo, uh -huh. um, there was something I wanted to bring up a, a little while back with you two um, where right, I said, like, OK, let's all pick a topic to talk about. And we ended up going on Raylo for so long and then and your topic for a while that I never got to bring up what I wanted to say. Um, so so we're going to talk about Solo now, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I mean, is, is Which, that is that okay? Like, you may no, be it's, like, it's not I, okay at all. I, um, I I refuse to participate in any solo discussion whatsoever. No, of course that's okay. Um, <laughs> what you got? This is what I got. I knew you'd like that. Ah, um, uh, yes. I can't. Of, I cannot resist uh, conducting to <laughs> that. Uh, I've listened through that. I still like that CD is in my car. I listen to it almost every day. Um, <laughs> still, I love it. Um, nice. But no, the thing, and 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 I, I sent this out in a in a tweet a little while back. Um, I was actually watching the movie with two of my friends, and um, and they hadn't seen it yet, and 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 they really enjoyed it, which obviously made me very happy. Um, and that scene, right, when they're making this deal with Dryden and they're trying to figure out where they can get more coaxium and Han says, what about unrefined? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just – I don't know. Like, again, I watch Solo a lot um, and like it just kind of hit me there. I was like, huh, of course Han recommends something unrefined because he's unrefined, right? Mm-hmm. Like Han is the unrefined hero and that's kind of what I wanted to like bring up with you and Katie is like – he is definitely a heroic character in every single Star Wars movie. Every single Star Wars movie, Han is a hero. A New Hope, yeah, he's that smug jerk through most of the movie, but he's a hero. He comes back and helps save the day. Empire, he's a consistent hero through that entire movie, and same with Return of the Jedi, same with Force Awakens, giving himself over to his son no matter what that means. That's heroic. And then Solo itself, I mean, he is overall heroic. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's looking to make a better life for himself and Kira, um, right. and Chewbacca. Um, so, you know, and the thing I really just liked about that line is like, I think that's why I like Han Solo so much is because he is the unrefined hero. And, you know, it's it, Luke Skywalker certainly has a great hero's journey. It's so easy to identify and follow that character. Um, I think the same can be said about Ray now. Like, I think Ray's get, we're getting a really good hero's different heroine's journey as, as you know, Katie's been continually educating us on. Um, right. And, and, and she's got a great journey herself, but what I love about Hans is I just, I identify with Hans so much. And, and to be fair, the solo really helped with that. I mean, he always, always my favorite as a kid, just cause like he's the cool badass and like, he's got his own ship and he's confident and cocky and confident. Um, but the thing that Solo, the dimension it really gave to me is it gave, it really fleshed out what, what we really can love about Han and that Han is really the every – he's the every person in a way that right. even Luke isn't. Luke is, Luke is almost too pure. Ray is almost too pure. And, and, that's, and this is not my way of diminishing those characters. Um, and I mean they certainly have their flaws. They have their struggles. But um, – and they – yes, they obviously all – I mean well – of the three of them, I would say Han and Ray grew up the worst of it. <laughs> um, Luke at least had a you know loving parental units, um, but you know Han grows up essentially as an indentured servant to a crime lord. Um, he's got a horrible life, and yet 
this goodness just clings to him. And and I love that. Like he is he is so imperfect. And I think right. that makes him so identifiable because we're all imperfect. And he's brash and stupid sometimes, but he's inevitably always seeking the good whether he really intends to or not. Um, and that's just what I really love about his character is I can really identify with that imperfection and that even even in our imperfection, we can be a hero, right? It's not like, oh, he has to become perfect and then be the hero. No, he can be a hero and imperfect. It's one and the same with Han. And again, I'm not saying that that's mutually exclusive to Han Solo, um, and, but I've just seen that so much more in his character now because of the movie solo. Yeah. Yeah, no, he, you're right. He's always been rough and unrefined and, uh, you know, scruffy looking nerf herder as, uh, he was called in empire. Um, and it does come from a place that it, from, from, from where he was, you know, launched from you know his upbringing you know as as a scrum rat to lady proxima and all that stuff you know he he's a good person at his core but he's not afraid to get down and dirty and get uh mix it up when he needs to and that sort of that sort of mentality leads into his you know philosophy and the way he operates you know and he's Ultimately, he tries to do the good thing. Right. Maybe not in the best way, maybe not in the most honorable way, but at the end of the day, he will try to put things right. Yeah. Um, which is where that the whole unrefined idea comes from is, is as a hero. Um, yeah. He's, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to screw things up, but – when that happens, he will always try to put it right again. And, and that, that is a heroic thing to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so when, when those things happen, that just fully, you know, further, you know, goes into this notion that he is unrefined. Um, and of course, you know, we, we see, I think a lot of that, um, on display in A New Hope and Empire um, because he's obviously in A New Hope he, he doesn't want to get involved uh, but he still ends up take you know and he, he really wants to get paid extra for all this extra stuff he's doing but he still ends up taking Luke and Leia and the droids to Yavin and then he comes back on his own free will to save their butts yeah. you know with the Death Star uh, and then in Empire, he's trying to get out of there to go pay off Jabba the Hutt um, and just sort of drop everything and everybody with the rebels and and, and take care of himself. Um, yeah. But I almost feel like in Empire, it's not – It's I don't even think that is like because he wants to just go back to his smuggling ways. I think he just no. – wants, he wants to sever ties with that past, right? Like he, yes. I don't I, like, that's something I'm curious. Like, I wonder if, if the battle of Hoth hadn't happened, he was able to leave, go pay off his debts. Would he have come back? Would he have come back to the rebels? Would he have come back to Luke, to Luke and Leia? Um, I almost think he would. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. If, 
I think ultimately, yes. But I don't think he would have done that right away. Oh, sure. Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he, if he went to pay off Jabba, he'd find some other sector uh, to go smuggle in and to ply his trade. And then he'd run across the horrors of the Empire again and he'd get involved and he'd get wound up more than he wanted to. And that would end up leading him back into the arms of the Alliance yeah. and Luke and Leia. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. But yeah. And then, of course, we, we get a, a glimpse into his, you know, smuggler, gambler past when we are introduced to his old buddy Lando uh, in Empire. So we, we, we know we've known Han has a has a past and we get a little bit of a better glimpse into that um, in, from Empire when we meet Lando. Um, mm-hmm. But in the, in the end, he he takes one for the team and he tells Leia you know, accepts Leia's pledge of love. He doesn't give it back to her because that's just cruel um, when he's being (laughs) put into the carbon freeze. But I do think in Return of the Jedi, he has a moment of almost pure heroism. Um, I I think he's almost, almost refined. If yeah. you want to use the the word uh, when we get to Return of the Jedi, sure. but then he regresses by the time we get back to Force Awakens. Yeah, right. Well, Force Awakens unrefined everything that Return of the Jedi gave us. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I say that like partially as a jab and partially just as the truth of the story. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, um, no, but that's actually a really good point. Of it's a good way of, of phrasing it, Jason, especially in the original trilogy. He does become a more refined hero, mm-hmm. um, but he's he's consistently an unrefined one. Um, and you know, part of I think part of the reason it like really kind of jumped out to me. You know, this was obviously a few weeks ago now, maybe even a month ago when when it kind of just that line spoke to me. Is I was just seeing a lot of a lot of just like annoying things on social media where people were belittling Han and they're like. Oh, Han is just like the space, the space junker. And like, look at him, just destroy that ship. And like, I don't know, like people like he's just like he's space, he's space white trash. And it's like, like, why do people have to just be assholes? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> like I love Han. So like, it really pisses me off the way people talk about him like that. But it's like, OK, well, why don't you actually just look at the character rather than superimposing what you suspect the modern world to be into Star Wars? Han is a guy we know now. Han is a guy who grew up in the worst of circumstances. He doesn't he doesn't care about like being fancy. He's not Lando, right? And that's no. okay. Like I don't want him to be Lando. I like him more than Lando, hands down. <laughs> like um and, and it's not because I don't like Lando, but Lando's like this smooth s- smooth, suave, like cool guy. That's never been me. That'll never be me. <laughs> um and I don't want to be that. I want to like accept like kind of more of the kind of person that I am, which is more red, you know, resonates more with Han. And, and I really find like comments like that. And like, I'm sure some of them are just in good fun for sure, but some of them are also just very stupid, like to be completely blunt. Um, Like it's, you don't want to look at actually the richness of where Han comes from. All right. So, so like to me, it's just like, I want to say back to that person. Okay. So somebody who grows up in squalor, who's never had anything, he never had like consistent parenting. He never had anybody who really loved him and and saw him and cared for him. So yeah, 
his way of doing things is very flawed and broken because his whole life has been flawed and broken. Like, how dare you belittle him for that? And that's the thing that just really annoys me, you know, is people want to just like jump down his throat and be like, oh, look how he trashes Lando's ship. It's like he has this ship. By the time we get to A New Hope, he's had the ship for a decade and he's doing some shady business. And he's had to do some very uncomfortable business. So, yeah, it's not going to be in the best of shape, but he's not Lando. Like, he's doing the best with what he's got. Um, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, like, you know, like, that's also kind of what I think really would help strike that particular line for me is, like, yeah, this is who Han is. Like, and that's what makes him perfect to me. (laughs) So um, it's not something to belittle. It's something to praise if you think about it. Like you, you want to put a real world context into it. Well, think of somebody like Han who grew up with nothing and still maintains such a good disposition. Like that's, yeah. that's a, that's a hero unrefined, but that's a hero. Yes. And, and, and to respond in my own way to, uh, what they, they called him white trash because he, he messed up the millennium Falcon. Yeah. It's a better, sh- it's, a hell of a lot faster than anything Lando ever was able to do with it. Yeah, okay. So here, here's my response to that. Well, first of all, it's his house. Yep. Um, <laughs> don't you have piles of things in random corners and rooms in your house? I know I do. Um, you know, and is it pretty? No, because pretty is flashy and gets attention. Um the the cosmetics of the ship don't bother him because he needs it to be fast and he needs it to be able to fight back. And the man's in debt, so he doesn't have the money to make it look pretty. He's in debt when we meet him in A New Hope by several thousand credits, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I – he's put in – some special modifications. He's upgraded the weaponry. He's upgraded the engines. He's upgraded the shielding. The thing uh, is is a blockade runner uh, disguised as a freighter at this point, you know. Um, and so that's where it counts. Right. You know, he says he even tells Luke she may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. Just like Han. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I died. I'm sure. I'm sure part of the some of those comments and and are, are told in jest. Oh sure. But but well, I think that kind of mentality, that kind of idea, is a little silly to me. Yeah, and and I, I don't want to get like negative here too much, and, and and I apologize for being a little negative. But I think again, this is just a sad epidemic of the current state of Star Wars fandom. Is is you just you have people on both sides, like you have people on both sides that can just be complete jerks. Oh yeah, and um, and to me, like when early solo stuff came out, and again, I'm always very upfront. Obviously, I was very, you know, I was very heated about like we don't need this movie. Like when we first got the announcements and stuff, it wasn't until we got trailers that I changed my tune. And uh, again, I'm always happy to say, so happy I was so wrong about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, but right, like when all the early stuff started coming out, the trailers and then like TV spots, it became cool to love Lando. Um, and by the way, I just, I never remember that kind of love for Lando before. Um, and I think a lot of it just has to do with, because people love, um, Donald Glover and 
to be fair, he's awesome. Like he's, he's an incredible artist in every way. He's a great musician. He's a great actor. I love Donald Glover as well, but that doesn't inevitably just make me love Lando. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, Lando to me is a great side character. Like I, I star Wars benefits so much with the presence of Lando Calrissian. He's just never been a favorite character of mine. Right. Um, and right. But like star Wars fandom has always had this history of like picking somewhat obscure things to be really cool. I think of like Wedge Antilles when Wedge became just like the super popular person in the 90s. Um, yes, uh, Rick, Rick Ollie with Phantom Menace, right? Like Star Wars loves to give us these side characters that we then inevitably just kind of beloved. Boba Fett is the shining example of this. Um, and so like when the solo stuff started came out, it, I just got this sensibility that like it was cool to like Lando because he's cool. And that's totally awesome. But then there became this weird side movement where it's like okay in order to say that lando's cool we then have to belittle han and i just find that really obnoxious um <sighs> and and again I, thinking I'm sorry. lando is cool does not equal having to snark at han yeah so and again and this obviously isn't every star wars fan, and I, I apologize for like going down that negative rabbit hole but you know, I just got to defend – I got to defend – I got to defend my boy. Um, I mean and, I, and, I totally get it. I had to do that for Jar Jar. years with my yeah. buddy Jar Jar. Yeah. So – and Jar Jar's finally getting some love nowadays, which makes me so happy. Um, so, you know, you, you get you get somebody who, who starts, you know, crapping on Jar Jar and I got to watch my mouth. I will, I will tear them up <laughs> yeah. one side and down the other well, if you know, I'm not that, careful. Here's the thing, though, right? Like, again, Star Wars fandom, there's been a shift. Like, now it's cool to like Jar Jar, so you don't really right. see the hate. Um, and, and that's great. Like, I certainly prefer it that way. Um, it just, yes. you know, and that was the thing. Like, the, the, you know, people would be like, you know, I heard a lot of things in social media. Like, people are like, the best part of the solo trailer was Lando. It's like, that's totally cool. Like, I love that you like that so much. Um, and even after the movie, they're like the best part of the movie is Lando. And it's like, I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> like he's not the right? best part of the movie to me. And it's not cause I dislike him. I, I think he's great in that movie. The moment when he holds L3, like is the most tender moment. One of the most tender moments in all of star Wars. And, and I love it. Um, yeah. but yeah, it just became like, it was cool to like Lando. And then it also became cool to belittle Han. And it's just like, ugh, God, you know, like, oh, stop it. <laughs> you know, Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> um, you can love Lando and not hate Han. It's, they're not mutually exclusive. No, they're not. <laughs> um, they really aren't. You know. So you know, and uh, yeah, and and Lando's Lando's the refined hero. <laughs> you know, in a way, he is. Although, well, to be fair, he's in Solo, he's not he's heroic. In Solo I'm not sure he's a hero. All. Yeah, he's not heroic at all in Solo. <laughs> I mean, except for running out to get L three. Um, there's right. nothing. I mean, he he abandons these people in their time of need. Um, you know, he cheats them <laughs> like yeah. Lando's not really heroic. And it, it, this isn't me bel- like saying he's a horrible person, but, you know, it's just funny to me that like it's awesome to love Lando, but then it's awesome to like hate on Han. And it's like, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. It uh, doesn't make sense to me either. And I, of course, you know, that's a that's not a major portion of the Star Wars fan community, but it's just a, a portion that is irked us so we yeah. and we have a podcast so we will talk about it um right <laughs> and you know i mean i've heard valid reasons why people don't like Han. they're like here's why i think he's a bad character i don't think he's such a great guy and that's fine like you're entitled to it um but what just like it just annoys me like the way some you know it became like 
cool to belittle him in such a way that was so toxic, you know? Um, yeah. And these are the people who are always lambasting against toxic fandom. It's like you're being toxic. When you say Han Solo space, space white trash, like that's toxic. <laughs> like um, that's not okay because he's not. He is a guy who grew up in squalor and knows nothing else. Like, yeah, of course his life – of course his house is going to be a bit squalor-like. <laughs> it's know? a bit of a mess. It's, Deal with it. He's a bit of a mess. You know, his life okay, has it, been a mess. So – Right. It, it's a bachelor pad, too, guys. Come on. Yeah. We, we all know bachelor pads tend to have at least some sort of a mess somewhere. So <laughs> we're not all perfect like you. Um, anyway, I'm going to stop now and let's move on. Um, <laughs> For real. But yeah, no, um, I mean, I just. Um, I just, you know, again, so to, to just bring it home and, and, and again, I apologize for bringing up the negative stuff. Um, but to me, like, again, like Solo has been the best Star Wars movie. I, I, I'm going to be completely blunt at this point. It's, it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Like it bumped out Phantom Menace. Um, wow. Yeah, it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. And again, that might change over time, but I don't see that happening. Uh, or I could see some, I mean, sure, maybe somebody could overtake it for a second spot. I mean, nothing will ever beat out Empire for me. It's just not going to happen. Um, right. And I don't say right. that in like a, I won't let it. It's just, I'm still of the opinion that whatever made you fall in love with Star Wars will probably always be your favorite Star Wars film. And that was Empire for me. Like, that's when I fell in love with Star Wars, seeing Empire. So No, I mean, that is that is a very legitimate and and smart comment you know what makes what made you fall in love with with the saga will be your favorite or at least one of your favorite things you know that that tracks so that's you know an empire was that for you so i mean i i don't ever expect (laughs) you to to let anything else take the number one spot um so yeah now actually that there was one other thing i wanted to bring up um, that i've been thinking a lot about um and I felt like this is obviously perfect because Wampus Lair is all about fun, um, even though that might not have been fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, if, I, if I offended anybody, obviously. Like, but yeah, I'm just I'm sick of the offensive comments about Han Solo as if he's some sort of space bum. When he's, he's just an unrefined hero and I love him for it. Um, but I was thinking the other day about like a break because, again, like we're Star Wars fans. We love to do things like this. And I was thinking in my head, I was ranking the Star Wars films based on what I would consider the most fun. Um, right. Cause that's always a different category. Like what's your favorite star Wars? What's your, what do you think is the most fun star Wars? What is the most dramatic story? Right. Like you could, you could pick all these different categories to rank the star Wars films, which let's oh, be honest, yeah. like as star Wars fans, there's nothing more fun than figuring out a way to rank them. And what I was thinking <laughs> about, while well, I was thinking about this is like, all right, like both as a kid and now even as an adult, what are the star Wars films that when I'm watching them, I literally just want to like run home and like grab like, <laughs> like, a toy blaster or an action figure or something like what are those what are those films that really inspire me to just want to play star wars um right and and like i literally think of the most recent star wars films last jedi and solo and this is again this is not saying one's bad one's good but solo is the pinnacle of fun to me like i want to run home and like run around my apartment with my new you know dl44 replica blaster and like have a great time Last Jedi did not make me want to like run home and play Star Wars. And again, that's not this is not me like saying Last Jedi is bad. 
Um, but it's just not it's not the type of movie that like inspired fun in me the way that no. Solo did. Um, Phantom Menace, one of the most fun Star Wars movies. Um, Attack of the Clones, an incredibly fun Star Wars movie. Force Awakens, an incredibly fun yeah, Star Wars movie. I was about to say that. Force Awakens was a lot of fun. Uh, Rogue One, Rogue one of my one. favorite Star Wars movies, not necessarily fun. I don't know, though. That Battle of Scarif, it makes me want to play Star Wars battles. Um, That's true. I mean, and of course, here, here's the other thing. What's your definition of fun? Right. That's what, what are you what, yeah. what, what are you calling fun? You know, if you're if it's gonna make you want to go back and play Star Wars, all of Return of the Jedi all the way for me. I mean, sure. like, hello, hello. Yeah. Um, Empire Strikes Back doesn't particularly make me want to go play Star Wars. It's my favorite but it's film, favorite but it's, movie. it's not my favorite. It's my favorite movie, but it's not necessarily the most playful Star Wars movie. Right. Which makes right. sense because it's like kind of that middle chapter, and that's what I would say with Last Jedi. Right. It's. This is all about character conflict and character growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily the most playful. Um, no. And, and, but that's my no. opinion. I could see Katie being like, what are you talking about? It's the most playful Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> right? I, so. don't think, I don't think she would say Last Jedi is the most playful Star Wars movie ever. Um, but it is definitely one of the most thought-provoking Star Wars movies. No doubt. I mean, that movie is so dense that you need a, a, you know, a thesis – uh, and a syllabus and a answer key just to get through it sometimes, um, which is amazing if you like digging into the nitty gritty and getting into all the nooks and crannies of the story and the characters and all that stuff. There is a ton of stuff in Last Jedi if you want to do that. Is that necessarily a fun Star Wars movie that makes you want to go and play? I don't think so. It stokes a different part of the brain. You know, it, 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 it pokes a different area and it's like and that's and depending on what you're in Star Wars for, you know, that that will either draw you to these movies or draw you to the other stuff, you know, and and that's the thing. Some people are into Star Wars because they love the the life lessons and the meanings and the mythological aspects and the you know the the intellectual sometimes academic side of of it all and the way they can deconstruct it and find out all the things that are packed into it, which I think is a fun thing to do. Yeah. I do. I, I I enjoy it. I mean, it's part of what we do on this show. Right. However, the most fun stuff about Star Wars for me is the let's play, let's have a good time, let's have a fun action stuff. Um, and this tracks with me because I have, within the last week, acquired my own copy. I don't think that's the right word, but my own uh, Star Wars Jedi Challenges augmented reality game. That's amazing. That's so I cool. have it now. That's awesome. It is in my possession, and it is just out of reach, so I can't like show you the lightsaber handle, which is Anakin slash Luke slash Ray's lightsaber. Um, but it's so much fun, and I've had a blast fighting battle droids and stormtroopers and dueling darksiders. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Star Wars this last week, and it's been amazing. <laughs> and it's actually kind of a, a nice mild cardio workout too so it's like hey i i can move around and and fight battle droids and it's, and get a little bit of a workout at the same time i want to try that so bad 
I will I will have to bring it to celebration um, if we have enough room somewhere to play it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just lightsaber stuff, right? Like there's no blaster stuff. Uh, no, you don't have a blaster. You have a lightsaber. But oh, right. uh, okay. the honestly, one of my favorite parts of it isn't necessarily dueling the uh, the the dark siders. It's you know fighting battle droids and stormtroopers because you're deflecting blaster bolts and that kind of thing, and it, it you really feel like a Jedi. You know, oh, so it's cool. awesome. That's so cool. Uh, and and I think I mentioned this last time when I was talking about it, but there's there's two other modes too. There's the hollow chess mode, so you can play hollow chess um, against different characters and computers and things like that. And then they've got this uh, strategy mode, which is kind of I don't know if um, it's sort of like a tower game where you have to defend an objective and you place turrets or troops or heroes on the battlefield to defend against the oncoming enemy attack. Um, and it like projects out onto your floor and everything. And it's like this huge uh, battleground in front of you. And it's, it's pretty awesome too. So, but um, I have defeated Darth Maul. I defeated the seventh sister. I defeated the grand inquisitor. Um, I haven't gone on to the next, uh, story duel because there was a side planet that showed up, which was great. And, um, I lost to two Praetorian guards. Oh, nuts. <laughs> but I only, I've only faced them once at this point. Uh, and I killed one and had the other one down to about quarter health before I died. So I did pretty good for my first run against them. So yeah, not bad. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm going to be a Jedi master yet. Um, <laughs> that sounds so fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's such a blast, you know. It I, I wish there was a way that you could like mirror it onto like a TV or something so people could see what you're doing. Um but you can't cuz uh, you know, you're playing it and it looks so cool and it's, you know, immersive and everything and but when you're watching somebody else, they've got this, you know, big headset on their face and they're waving a little lightsaber hilt around. Um, so, <laughs> Oh man, that's, so I just cool. hope I look as cool as I feel. Honestly, that's my only goal is that I look as cool as I feel. <laughs> well, nobody can see you if you're doing it right by yourself. So who cares? Right. Um, yeah, I was literally, cause I, I had to go back. I finally had to go back to work this week. Cause I was off for a couple of weeks with Christmas and new year's. And, um, like last week, I just, one day I put on the solo soundtrack real loud, grabbed my blaster. And I was just like, I was just like, I'm gonna play Star Wars for a little bit. And I was just like running around the apartment. Like I had a, I had a great time, such a great time. And then that night a friend came over from work and we watched solo and it was awesome. (laughs) I mean, I wish you would have, I wish I was nearby and you could have called me and said, Hey, me too. You're let's play Star Wars. Yeah. So I would have been okay. All right. Bring you know, my lightsaber. So, <laughs> yeah, well, like and, you know, you brought up how you, you know, obviously you love Rogue One, and um, well, to be fair, I, I it was I was really excited to see how many people participated. I just for the fun of it did a poll on on Twitter last week and just asked folks what what their favorite of the new Star Wars movies were. And Rogue One won out. Um, Rogue One yep. came in first, then Last Jedi, then Solo, and Force Awakens came in last. 
Um, but Rogue Solo One, and Last Jedi were pretty close too. Solo and Last Jedi were like one or two percent apart, and then it was like four. In the, that was like four percent ahead of Force Awakens. But Rogue One was way ahead of everything. Yeah, um, I noticed that it was. I was a little surprised at how far ahead Rogue One was. I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, um, it's a great movie. They're I all, think it's, yeah, they're it's all great in their own way. Um, I think the thing I love so much about Rogue, Rogue One is, I mean, especially the the Battle of Scarif. Is just like that was so many of the way like that was so many of the scenarios I played Star Wars as a kid was like that was our objective is like we had to infiltrate an imperial base and like steal some sort of secret plans like the Battle of Scarif like put on film and in canon the the very scenarios I played out for so much of my childhood while playing Star Wars right I've got the the final results of that poll if you want them sure. So Rogue One was 45%, Last Jedi 21%, Solo 20%, and The Force Awakens 15 So, okay. oh. So not like, yeah. I mean, all, all relatively Rogue close One except doubled, for Rogue One. Yeah. You know, second place. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, right. Um, but everything else was pretty close. So. That's awesome. And that's pretty cool. So we'll, we'll definitely have to make sure we hit our top five Rogue One moments again. Um, yeah, yeah. Especially since it was tied for number three. That's true. Tied for so. number one, you mean? Oh yeah, t- yeah. Three way tie for number one. Yeah, between that yeah. rot, Revenge of the Sith, and uh, Empire. Yes. Um, so, Carl. Yeah. One other thing that I think is is super exciting right now um, that happened literally just before we hit the record button. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, bought our plane tickets for celebration. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. It's, Gosh. it's the biggest Star Wars party in the galaxy. It is. And again, so damn fortunate that we get to go again. Right. Right. We we still haven't for those of you wondering, we still haven't got confirmation on our media badges. Um that will not they're accepting media applications until February twenty second or until they're they hit their max number. Um, so we probably won't find out until the end of February or beginning of March whether or not we actually oh, realize they were accepting them that late. I, I, I'm pretty sure it says I, that you I, will. Oh, I thought because it said you, we will know by February 28th. Well, if they said, oh, yeah, if they said they, they will know by 28th, then that makes sense because they're accepting applications until the 22nd. Ooh, so, okay. That's what I, I, I literally was just on the website earlier and okay. I, I checked. Well, I know it encouraged people to, to apply early, though. So Yeah. So let's see. Um, Star Wars Celebration Media applications will be accepted until 11.59 p.m. Central Standard Time on February 22nd, 2019, unless we reach maximum capacity at an earlier date. So Okay. Which I uh, would not be surprised if we do. Me too. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I'm hoping we get those. Yes. Um, or else we're gonna have to do some some innovative thinking. Um, you know, right. there's always stuff out there though. I mean, there's always people that got extras that they, they don't then need them. I mean, you have to you might have to pay there, a markup of it, but right. Um, it definitely there's, friend, there's friends who probably bought yeah. you know week week passes and applied for a media pass. So uh, we might be able to Shanghai a pass off of them if they got a media pass, but. Uh, we've always applied for media passes for celebrations since we started going and we've always gotten them. So I'm not too concerned, although it, especially as it gets close, 
we always have this nerve wracking. But what if we don't this year? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we, sh- we should be in good shape. Um, yeah. But yeah. I I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. And it's obviously you, me, and Katie this year. And I know Katie's husband's coming. I'm excited to meet him. And obviously, like, yeah, so many of the other, you know, parts of the crew that we don't get to see but once every couple of years. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's just, just barely three months away. Like that's nothing. It's going to be here before no. we know it. Yeah, I know. It's it, I, I, oh, I'm super excited about it. And of course, you know, we just got an announcement of some voice actors who are going to be there. Uh, we've got three actors from uh, Resistance. Christopher Sean, who plays Kazuto Ziono. Scott Lawrence, who plays Jarek Yeager. And Susie McGrath, who plays Tam Rivora. Or, yeah, Rivora. Also, James Arnold Taylor will be there. So everybody knows Jat. Uh, so we're happy about that. Uh, Matthew Wood will be there, and uh, Janina Gravankar, who played Aiden Versio in Battlefront 2, uh, will also be there as well. So, of course, this is just like the first wave of guest announcements. So keep an eye on StarWarsCelebration.com and StarWars.com if you want to know who else is coming. I'm hoping Alden goes. Right, I'm, I'm hoping Ahmed is there. Ahmed Best, yeah. Uh, Maybe you, McGregor, and Liam Neeson. Right, I mean, because we got Solo just came out, so we're definitely hoping to get some of the Solo people. Episode nine will be coming out at the end of the year, so they'll probably have one or two people from the sequels uh, there. Uh, and then, of course, it's the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, so they gotta have some Phantom Menace people. Yeah, um, I mean, there seems to be. I mean, Ahmed Best has done a really great job with his own his own social media campaign of really. I don't want to say like making himself relevant because it's not like he was ever you know like unrelevant, um, but I mean, to a lot of people he was. But he's done such a he's been so vulnerable in the things he's put out. Right, some of those YouTube, those videos he's put out. Yeah. He really talks about like the the struggles he had because of Phantom Menace, right? In his own career and personal life. And 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 luckily, you know, you've got a lot of people who probably were haters back in the day who I think realized like, wow, like this was just a person, right? And, and yeah. honestly, like I hope some of these buttheads that have been doing the same the same crap to Daisy Ridley and um you know, Kelly Marie Tran and Ryan Johnson. Like, I hope these same pieces of junk, like, hopefully some days find their conscience and realize, like, hey, even if you don't like what was on screen, you don't have to be a complete piece of crap to these people, right? Right. Like, Ahmed Best did a fantastic job bringing Jar Jar to life. Um, Kelly Marie Tran did a fantastic job bringing uh, Rose Tico to life. Like, if you don't like those characters, that's fine. Um, but, you know, to, like, go to the length that people have to, to, to just hate is despicable um right and i think ahmed again like ahmed best has just done such a great job of you know making himself vulnerable enough to share um how that affected him and and, and how yeah. much he now has grown beyond it and um you know yeah I, I i'd be really surprised if he's not there me too me too and i like i i said i think on our last show um, I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that he shows up because I will pay all the money to do all the things with Ahmed Best. Um, you know, the autograph, the photo op, the whatever the heck it is, uh, if I can, you know, so that 
he was a huge part of my earliest Star Wars experience, and I will make sure he knows that and knows that he's appreciated. So, um, yeah, that's that is important to me to do if he shows up. So yeah. I will be doing that if Ahmed Best comes. And I pray to God he does <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know what other opportunity I will have to talk to Ahmed Best and to tell him this stuff. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and I just think like the most, if they're going to do some sort of Phantom Menace, you know, panel or some sort of like 20th anniversary celebration, he is the most likely person because Jar Jar really kind of was a defining character of that movie. Again, whether you liked him or didn't, I mean, he was a defining character. I I think we know Jake Lloyd won't be there, sadly. I mean, he's had a pretty rough life. Um, I'd be shocked if you and Liam and Natalie Portman were there. Um, they're just such big names now. I could see you yeah. and of those three, I could see you and before the other two, just because, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been at the premieres most recently. He still loves star Wars. Um, obviously he's been very adamant about the fact that he'd be happy to return to the role of Obi-Wan. Um, so I feel like it, you know, if you, you and Liam and, and Natalie, I think you would be the most likely to return of them. But, but again, you know right. what they did with the 40th anniversary. None of us were expecting George to be there. Then none of us right. were expecting Harrison Ford to be there, right? right? Or John Williams, right? Like I think that's the thing is like we could be very well surprised by what what happens. I hope so. I hope so. Um, what I mean, I, we know Ray Park will most likely be there. Yeah, I mean, I would be. I'd be real surprised if he's not there. And Ian McDermott is there's a good chance he'll show up as well. He's been doing a lot more of the celebrations recently, um, so which makes me happy. Um, I think it would be cool if they tried to get Pernella August to come out. That'd be great. Yeah. Shmi. Yeah. So I don't know if she'd want to do something like this, but if they, I would hope they would ask at least. So, yeah, man, just think how much money you make though in those one day. Like, you know, even if, even if you're Pernella August and you're not going to charge $350 for a photo, but even if you charge 200 bucks for a photo and you do, you know, 300 photos, that's a lot of money, <laughs> you know, right. And obviously they don't get every right. penny of it, but they get the no. majority of it. Um, and again, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to like, say like, like that I'm trying to cheapen these people for why they do it. But it's like, man, if I had that luxury of just like, oh, you make a couple grand real quick. Well, I'll go to one of these and like, I would do it if I could, <laughs> what, what a great thing. And you just get to meet people that love what you did. <laughs> so, right. And, um, and I think, you know, if, if Pernella August showed up, I, I think she would be, Shocked to know how much people love Shmi, you know. Yeah. Oh Shmi, oh Shmi, oh my. Um, oh Shmi, oh my, oh Shmi, oh my. What a lot of fun. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> we'll stop that there. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, no, I I'm super excited about Celebration now, especially since we got our our tickets. <laughs> we jumped on Skype to record, and we're like, hey, let's buy our plane tickets. Um, yep. So we did. Yeah. And then we we. Message Katie, Katie and, she, and uh, she did it too. So <laughs> the entire Wampus Lair crew now has plane tickets for Star Wars Celebration. So try and stop us, folks. Try and stop us. <laughs> can't wait. I can't wait. And we'll obviously have to talk about doing a Wampus Lair meetup again. Oh, the, yeah. At the celebration, um, which we'll obviously be doing. So, yes. Um, but one last thing I want to bring up, and, and we'll close this episode out. And um, and actually, this is a nice little segue, which I just just destroyed by saying the word segue. 
Um, but the last, you know, obviously the last celebration when we were in Orlando, we did a Wampazler meetup and almost everybody that came to the meetup had a Wampazler shirt on, which was just like so cool to see. Um, but I wanted to just give a quick shout out of praise to, to T public, the, you know, the, the site we use to sell our merchandise. Um, again, like T public makes most of the money. I mean, we get a small, we get a small kickback of anything we sell as far as any sort of merch. Um, but I, I wanted, I wanted last year I bought myself a crew neck sweatshirt and I really like it. It's T public makes great stuff. Like the sweatshirt is super soft and comfortable. The t-shirts are really soft. They fit great. Um, but I wanted a hoodie. So I ordered one of the, the Orabesh logo hoodies and I was looking at their size chart and I ordered, um, I normally order everything in mediums this day and age. I always used to wear just smalls cause I'm not the biggest guy, but filled out a bit. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get a, but I was looking at the chart and I was like, huh, the medium looks real big. I'm just going to risk it and get a small. Well, I get the small in the mail just a few days ago. It's like painted on. So I was like, yeah, I can't keep this. <laughs> so I emailed the customer. It's just so- Carl's so big and small and huge. Yeah. No, it's, it's just very small. <laughs> and <laughs> so I emailed the customer support and just said, Hey, like, here's my order number. I was just wondering if I could ship this back and, and, and replace it for a medium. Um, they sent me an email yesterday. They're sending me a medium free of charge and I don't even need to send the small back. Um, I mean, which part of me, like, I guess it kind of makes sense because it's a custom website, right? Like, what are they going right. to do with it? Um, but like, they could have at least just charged me shipping, but like they got right. It, it was a person too. It wasn't like this automated response. It was a, a woman named Samantha who emailed me back and was like, don't worry about it. I just sent the, I just made the changes you requested free of charge. It's, it's on its way. And it's just like, that's incredible customer service. Yes. Um, so like, it makes me even happier that like, that's what we're using to sell our merch. So again, like if you're interested in like a, a Wampus layer, you know, shirt or whatever, I mean, there's so many different kinds of shirts and different logos that we have up there. Um, you just go to T public slash, I think Wampus layer, even just Google search, um, T public Wampus layer. Um, it'll come right up. We have a store there, but yeah, I just really wanted to praise like their customer service. I was just so impressed with it. Um, and I can't wait to show you all the sweatshirt. It came out great. It just, I, I, it's painted on. So I'll wait until I get one that fits. So, <laughs> but it's great. Cause now I get to like give the other one to just a friend. Cause it's like, um, I don't have to send it back. So I, I'll just give it away. Um, nice. But yeah, I was going to, I mean, mail it to you, but it definitely won't fit you. So <laughs> no, no, um, no, and, it won't. Um, and Katie's so darn tall. It'd, it'd be like, it'd be real small on her too. So, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I was at a friend's house last night and I asked her if she'd want it. And she's like, yeah, I want it. I was like, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to give that a quick shout out. Cause I love that. That's who we're doing business with. Like that's, that's amazing customer service. They didn't have yeah. to do that. I mean, they could have either just asked me to ship the other thing back or at least I mean, that's not their mistake that I ordered the wrong size. Right. Like that's on me. <laughs> right. So that's not their fault, but. Yeah, I mean, what a what a fantastic way of responding. So, um, anyway, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that happened, and I'm I'm glad we're uh, we're doing stuff with that. So, and maybe we should uh, include the link to our our T Public store in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Sweet. But yeah, anyway, I think that's you know we've we've talked enough random stuff and. Uh, Hopefully people stuck with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, as we promised, um, we are going to start the Empire Strikes Back radio drama 
at the end of this episode. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, obviously, if you've been enjoying the radio dramas, uh, episode one of Empire Strikes Back is titled um, Freedom's Winter. It's a fantastic – the, literally, it just like the A New Hope radio drama, the Empire Strikes Back radio drama begins with a scene that's never in the films. And it's an awesome yes. scene. So, um, again, it, hopefully you listened along with the A New Hope stuff and, you know – the end of this episode, feel free to stick around for the first episode of the Empire Strikes Back radio drama. Indeed. And in order to get us all pumped up and ready for our top five Empire Strikes Back moments uh, that we're going to do next week with Katie uh, when she's not sick, uh, we want you to give us your favorite moment from the Empire Strikes Back. So that's our new poll. So uh, be on the lookout for our social media and we will have that there. So we want to know what is your favorite moment from The Empire Strikes Back? And Carl, if people want to weigh in on any of this stuff that we talked about or just uh, go to respond to the poll, where can they do that? Uh, well, of course, our, our main place of operations these days is on Twitter. Um, so you can follow us there at Wampuzler. Um, we're on Facebook at Wampuzler Podcast. You can always email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we do have a Patreon page if you want to support the show over there, patreon.com slash podcast. Excellent. You had anything else? No, I just can't wait to talk Empire next week. <laughs> I know. We'll, we're we're, we're going to finally do it. Uh, well, that'll wrap up this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been episode number 316. Hello there. For Carl and Katie, who's not here, feel better, Katie. Uh, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. Empire Strikes Back by Brian Daly based on characters and situations created by George Lucas Episode 1 Freedom's Winter time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. Now it is a dark time for the rebellion. Evading the dreaded Imperial Starfleet, a group of freedom fighters led by Luke Skywalker has established a secret base on the remote ice world of Hoth. But the evil Lord Darth Vader, obsessed with finding young Skywalker, has dispatched thousands of probe droids into the far reaches of space. Now, a small space convoy of rebel transport ships and snub fighter escorts is en route for Hoth, 
seeking to bring desperately needed supplies and reinforcements to the rebel base. Renegade flight, this is Renegade leader. I'm getting interference on my sensors. Just might be Imperial jamming, so maintain close visual scanning. Renegade 4, stay closer to your transport ship. I copy, boss. Transport ships keep close together. We go into hyperspace as soon as we're out of Dara 4's gravity field. Fighters, stick close to the convoy and keep your eyes open. All of you. Renegade leader, this is Renegade 7. Boss, I have a visual sighting, a number of small spacecraft coming at high velocity from Sector 4. Can you identify them? They're moving awfully fast. TIE Fighters. Must be 20 of them. Renegade flight. This is Renegade leader. Prepare to engage the TIE Fighters. Transport ships go into hyperdrive as soon this as you're clear. This is Renegade 3, boss. There's another bunch of them dead ahead in our course. They're breaking for attack. This is Renegade 2. More TIEs approaching from Sector 8. They're all over the place. Here they come. Renegade 3, 4, 5, and 6. Get up and clear the way for the transports. The rest of you protect the convoy. Transports run for it. Maximum acceleration. All right, Renegade flight. Hit him. Watch it, Renegade 2. See him. On your tail, Renegade 7. Scissor right. Scissor right. Here I come. Get him off me. Of course, we can't stop him. There are too many. Boston just got catcooed. Protect the transports. The transports have to get through. Boss, they're all over us. They just got transport number two. I'm hit. Lost both port side engines. Keep going. This is Renegade 3. There are four TIE fighters on me. Help me, somebody. I can't shake them. Ah! Renegade 3. Gone, boss. No way out. They're all around us. Holy transport just blew. Boss, there's a bunch of them headed for you. Try to make a run for it, all ships. This is Commander Nera. Break contact and escape if you can. Break contact and run for it. Lieutenant. Sir, Imperial Headquarters reports that a rebel convoy has been completely destroyed near Dara 4. <sighs> At least someone is seeing a little action. Let's hope that we do before the rebellion is completely obliterated. What is the status of our probe droid operation? The probe droids we've launched so far report no rebel activity. No human activity, for that matter, on any of the planets they've reconnoitered. And the next launch group? All the probes are targeted and ready to go. The ship is now in position. Shall I give the order to launch? No, Lieutenant. I just received priority signal from Lord Vader's flagship. We have new information to program into the probe's data banks and sensors. That could delay the launch for some time, Captain Nita. May I ask what the new information is? It seems that Lord Vader is more eager than ever to locate this Skywalker. He has also placed great emphasis on discovering the whereabouts of a starship called the Millennium Falcon. I'll have the new material programmed into the probes immediately, sir. Very good.
Even though air defense is vital to the security of this base, operating conditions here on Hoth are so severe that we simply can't use our speeders without modifications. But the techs have assured me that they can have the speeders adapted, ready to operate here on Hoth within another day at the most, Princess Leia. And the base defenses? Nearly complete. At least as complete a defensive and offensive system as we can manage right now. Yes. Lieutenant Commander Skywalker and the others have practically all the sensors in place for a regional warning network. As time allows, we can expand it. Well, how do we stand in cold weather clothing and other gear? We've managed to procure or improvise enough for everyone in the base, General Riken. And so, Your Highness, gentlemen, that's our current status. Well... We're short of just about everything, including sleep. <laughs> but we've almost completed drilling of the ice caverns, and the base is close to completion. When the convoy arrives, we'll be in far better shape. Is there anything else, gentlemen? Your Highness, have you anything to add? Just one thing, General Riken. I think that everyone in Hoth Base is bearing up as bravely now as they ever did in battle. I hope that all of you here will pass that along for me. Our next staff meeting will be at the same time tomorrow. We all have a great deal to accomplish by then. Dismissed. They're all worried, even though they're trying not to let it show. Well, they know that there's a lot to be done yet. And this base is the Rebellion's best chance to regroup and reorganize. Maybe it's last. General Riken, urgent message for you, sir. They're decoding it now. Pardon me, Your Highness. I'll be right back. I'll speak to you later, General Riken. I have to make certain that the new recognition codes are ready over in the cryptographics section. Leia, hey, wait up. Hello, Luke. Glad I caught you. I was wondering how you were getting along. I haven't seen much of you lately. Well, we're trying to pull things back together. Everyone's been so busy. Yeah, me too. That's why I told 3PO and R2 to stay close to you. You know, help out when they could. You told them to help me? Well, they're glad to do it. I mean, they used to belong to my uncle, but they sort of belong with us both now. I guess so. Leia, I'm not due to go back outside for a while yet. Hey, is this a staff conference? I was wondering if you had a little time. Well, maybe Luke, I really have everybody? to see about some things that Hey, just Luke! Oh, hello, Han. Hi, Chewie. Where'd the general go? Well, he was headed over to the communication. Ah, never mind, never mind. Her overwhelmingly highnessness here will do. Now what, Han? Me and Chewie been pulling our weight around here or not? Uh, Han, what's wrong with you? Nobody ever said that you and Chewbacca were well, when the weren't... Millennium Falcon got shot up that last time around, I knew I'd have to wait in line for repairs, but they got the base's defensive generators in place now. Yeah, and like Chewie says, you know, the trenches and gun emplacements are all set up, too. You still have to make sure the energy field is working and adapt the snowspeeders to conditions on Hoth. Those just take priority right now, even over the Falcon. Look, I need a starship that works. I got her messed up helping you guys. Is this what you get for helping a rebel? Aren't you a rebel, Han? Or do you and Chewbacca still consider yourselves independent operators? Han, most of the techs are dead on their feet, and they still can't keep up with all the work that has to be finished. I mean, before the base can be operational... Luke, and... me and the Wookiee would have had the Falcon fixed already by ourselves, except that I've been riding all over this snowball with you, pal, and those stupid, smelly, ornery tontons. Those warning sensors have to be set in place, and you and Luke are the best riders we have. I've heard all this before, if you remember. Con, nobody twisted your arm to stay on. Aren't you the one who was always saying that a deal's a deal? Well, uh, are you saying it was part of the deal for the Falcon to be sitting there out of commission you whenever... You see yourself full of energy, Captain Solo. Can't be much fun being out there in that freezing wind... Day after day. Oh, hello, General. Hi. Sir. Hello, Chewbacca. Your Highness, it's just as well you're still here. They just decoded the message. In fact, you all might as well hear this. What is it, General? What's wrong? A huge force of TIE fighters jumped Commander Nara and the convoy off Dara 4. What? Cut them to pieces. There were no survivors. We need them so badly. We need every one of them so badly. Quiet, Chewie. Luke? I'm making you commander. What? What the 
boss was a great man, a great pilot. It's a rotten way to step into somebody's shoes, Luke, I know. But you can handle the job, that's why you've got it. Luke, I know how much you respected Commander Nara. But he respected you, too. That's why he put you in command of rogue flight. This means no resupply, at least for a while. And no snub fighter reinforcements, either. Mm -hmm. Rogue flight's just about all we've got. Well, then we're going to need whatever else we have. General, can you spare some techs to help Chewie work on the Falcon? Or even some repair droids, whatever you can manage. Oh, I'll do what I can, Luke. I'll be in the command center, Your Highness. I'll join you shortly. Let's go, Luke. We're a little early, but we got a lot of sensors to place today. I'll get the Tauntaun saddled and we go work on our suntans. Come on, Chewie. Hey, don't forget your heavy-duty underwear, kid. Right. Luke, I'm glad you're here. We'll need you more than ever now. The boss was one of the best. He was one of the best we had. I know. I'd better catch up with Han. There's so much to do. I'll see you later, Luke. Check, then we'll get going again. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Han, old buddy, do you read me? Yeah, loud and clear, Luke. What's up? I haven't picked up any life readings so far. How about you? Are you kidding? There isn't enough life on this ice cube to fill a space cruiser. Listen, my Tauntaun's been acting up. She's really skittish, nervous. I came across a carcass. It looked like one of those Wampa ice beasts made a kill a day or two ago. Wampa? Yeah. Watch yourself, Luke. Those wampas will go after anything they can find. You don't have to tell me. Well, I placed all my sensors. I'm going back to the base. Right. I'll be with you shortly. There's a meteorite that hit the ground near here. I want to check it out. Won't take long. Well, hurry up. It's getting colder. Looks like a bad storm's kicking up. I'm going to go thaw out my saddle source. I'll see you at the base. Okay. This is Echo 3. Over and out. <laughs> Hey, steady, girl. You've got an Indian. You smell something? What is it? Princess Leia, General Riken would like to see you in the command center as soon as possible. Thanks, I'll be right there. 3PO, R2. Yes, Your Highness. Do either of you know if Luke and Han have gotten back yet? They haven't returned us yet, Your Highness, but they are due at any moment. Would you tell them I'd like to speak to them? Most certainly, Your Highness. Thank you. Oh, and R2 and I have moved your new communications unit into your quarters. R2 says that it is functioning perfectly. Well, thank you both. You've been a great help. A pleasure to be of service, Your Highness. Is there anything else we might do? Not just now. But please see that Luke and Han get my message. You may rely on us. What did you say, R2? Who's coming? Yes, it's that bothersome coordinating droid again. Honestly, Arthur, it's so degrading that a droid with speech capability should be such an officious dullard. Unit R2-D2, unit C-3PO. Quite right, R2. You know perfectly well who we are. Confirm, unit R2-D2, unit... Very well, very well, confirmed. And do stop referring to us as units, really. 
Unit R2-D2 reassigned to cavern drilling operation. What? Unit C-3PO reassigned to communication center. I'll deal with this, R2. Now, just you see here, R2-D2 and I are personal aides to Commander Skywalker and the Princess Leia Organa. Irrelevant. Reassignment is ordered. Do you have any idea to whom you are speaking, you object? <laughs> My counterpart and I were the ones who saved the Death Star plans, and we helped rescue the princess. What, R2? Oh, yes. And I'll have you know that R2 here was aboard that X-Wing fighter when our master blew up the Death Star. Confirm that, you rusting bureaucrat. Data not relevant. Not relevant, is it? Then allow me to tell you what is relevant. We have been given an assignment by the Princess Leia Organa herself. If you wish to countermand her order, go and argue with her. The Princess Leia Organa? Confirmed. So go and bother her. She'll probably have you deactivated. Reassignment rescinded. That's more like it. Bad enough that we have to live in these ice caverns without having to contend with the likes of you. Why, just now we found the princess's room freezingly cold. We hadn't turned up the heating system. Confirm. Confirm. Heat increased. But that's what I said, isn't it? If she and our master didn't have us to look after them, then... Error. Error. Increased heat causes melting of cavern walls. What? Malfunction possible. Damage possible. Oh, oh dear. Come along, R2. I hope it's not too late. What have you done? What do you mean, my fault? You're the one who adjusted the heating system. This is dreadful. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Echo 3 to Echo 7. Come in, Han. Han? Han, I was attacked by a wampa. I'm... I'm in its cave. I don't know where. Han! Do you... Do you copy? I'm stuck. I'm stuck in here. The wampa... It left me frozen to the cave ceiling. By my feet. Han... The Wampa's coming back. He's coming back! My lightsaber. It's on the cave floor. I can't reach it. The Jedi and his lightsaber. The lightsaber and the Jedi, the two are one. The Force binds us. The Force calls my lightsaber to me. The Force calls my lightsaber to me. Han, I got myself down, but... Oh, oh Han. Base camp. Anybody. The Womp is dead. I killed it. It's no good staying here in the cave. The Tauntaun. It's gone. I've got no, no survival gear. I'm gonna leave my con link open. There's nothing to do but try to make it back on foot.
Techs want those other repair droids to help with the snow speeders. I'll send them right over. Outpost 4 to deck officer. Outpost 4 to deck officer. Deck officer here. We have a positive ID on that Tauntaun rider. It's Captain Solo. We passed him to the defensive zone. He'll be at your location anytime now. Right. I'll pass the word. Sentry? Yes, sir. You can let that Tauntaun rider in right away. Right, sir. Command center, this is the deck officer. Command center here. Captain Solo's back, sir. No sign of Commander Skywalker yet. Right, have Solo report here at once. Will do. Deck officer out. One of you men take his range. Captain Solo. Yeah? What can I do for you? They want you and Commander Skywalker in the command center, Captain. Well, tell them I'll be along in a bit. Luke will be back any minute. Is my ship fixed yet? I don't think so, sir. They had to pull the techs off of her for some problems they're having with the snow speeders. Oh, swell. That really takes the prize. Your first mate is working on the Falcon, though. Thanks. Tell command I'll be there right after I check on my ship. Uh, General Riken and the Princess wanted to see you as soon as... Just go in office in your deck, will you? I got a starship to make. Don't jump all over me about it. We'll just have to finish the job by ourselves. All right, don't lose your temper. I'll be right back and I'll give you a hand. I don't know, something at the command center. I might as well tell them we're going to be leaving. Look, forget it. I've made up my mind. Maybe when Luke gets back, he can help us with the fog. Base. Base, this is Skywalker. Skywalker here. Listen carefully, Luke. You must go to the Dagobah system. Then I don't understand. There you will learn from Yoda, the Jedi Master who instructed me. Dagobah? This is vital, Luke. You must not fail. You must not fail. Ben? Wait! Don't leave me! Ben! Ben, help me! probe droid now hunts the rebels on the frozen wastes of Hoth. Injured, suffering from shock and exposure, Luke Skywalker can go no further. For the young Jedi, a new quest emerges.
But first, he must survive the deadly Hoth Knight. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Perry King as Han Solo, and Anne Sachs as Princess Leia. Also heard were Bernard Behrens, Ron Frazier, Merwin Goldsmith, David Allen Greer, Nicholas Kepros, Sam McMurray, Stephen D. Newman, John Peelmeyer, Jeffrey Pearson, and Jerry Zachs. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was directed by John Madden with Tom Vagley. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. The executive producer was John Boss. Post-production was realized at Studio M in St. Paul on the 3M digital mastering system by Tom Vagley. <laughs>